0: Hi, friends. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 51. On today's episode, I am talking with Seth Weaver. He's a trombonist, vocalist, arranger, composer, and overall amazing person. We're going to be talking about his debut album with his big band and all things New York.
1: Welcome to the musician's guide to being healthy, wealthy, and wise. Every week, we have music industry professionals and top performers share their insights on thriving as a modern musician. Whether you're a recent grad or high-profile artist, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Karen Cubidez, CEO of Cubidez Artist Services, Marketing and Management Consultant, Educator, and Professional Saxophonist based in Nashville, Tennessee.
0: Hi friends, welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, I am sitting here with an extraordinary musician, person, and creative, Seth Weaver. Welcome, Seth.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Karen.
0: Um, I'm so happy you're here. Um, you're in happy Nashville doing all the things, which I'm pumped about. Um, so for those people that might not be familiar with you, tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do.
1: Well, um, I actually grew up here in Nashville. Um, no, not in Nashville. In the middle of nowhere, about 45 minutes south of here. But, um, and, uh, and I live in New York City, and I've lived there for about five, six years, and I play music professionally, and um, yeah.
0: That's awesome. So tell us like how, cause we know you're in New York and you're mm-hmm. fancy and you have a big band we're all like <laughs> fangirls of you, but, um, tell us how you got from, you know, Nashville to UNT to New York. Like what was that trajectory like?
1: Um, well, I felt like, um, when I graduated, graduated from high school, I needed, um, I needed some time to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, uh, I auditioned at NYU and, uh, Some schools in California and they all, I mean, the look, look, we're looking at like 65 grand a year. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not sure if I'm willing to commit, you know, know? uh, and so North Texas was, is a incredible music school Mm -hmm. and still to this day, very affordable. And, uh, I was like, well, that's a no brainer. I'm going to go there. And after that, I had my eyes set on New York and, uh, auditioned at Juilliard and, NYU again and I think Queens College it's been a few years I can't mm-hmm. remember but um I really fell in love with MSM and I had many friends who were very happy with their time there yeah and that's where I ended up
0: so how was the transition from like you know like Tennessee the south mm-hmm. very friendly people to mm-hmm. Texas which is pretty much the same right. to New York City
1: uh it's pretty crazy I mean I live or when I grew up um the nearest, our nearest neighbors were like a mile away. You yeah. know? Um, I mean, I literally could go on our outside and play trombone at four in the morning, and the only people that would be angry would be my parents. You yeah. Know, I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was where I grew up, and then Denton, which is uh, north of Fort Worth, Dallas area, mm-hmm. uh, is where uh, UNT is located, and same kind of vibe. I mean, Denton is a very small town feel. The school in itself is, I think, like 35,000 people. So it's a pretty big school. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it has that small-town vibe. And then I remember like, one of the first weeks in New York, uh, I was going to a friend's gig. And this was before Google Maps were so helpful. Yeah. And uh, I remember getting just crazy lost. And I remember sitting on the side of the street just like, what have I done? Where (laughs) am I? You know? And, uh, it it got better from there, but it was definitely, it took me probably a solid half a year for me to just like, you know, accept this is the new reality. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love that about New York. It's like insane, but also amazing. Like every time I go, like I realize just how out of shape I am Like Mm -hmm. on the train. I'm like, is this a pyramid? What's happening? Mm -hmm. Um, and just like, I'm always in everyone's way. And it's just like, it's happening, but yeah, it's, it's pretty magical place. Um, tell us like you're, you're known, you know, to be an incredible trombonist, vocalist, arranger, composer, educator, but I think we pretty much know you for your big band. Mm. Tell us a little bit about that. How did that start? And what, uh, is what is it? Yeah.
1: So I started a big band about five years ago and it originally was a recital. I wanted to do a big band recital yeah, and I was studying with the great Jim McNeely at the time. Um, and, I wanted to have something to work towards. So day one with Jim, I was like, okay, I want to do this recital. So mm-hmm. I have all this music that I've written. Can you help me figure out what I'm doing wrong with all this stuff? And uh, he was able to help me kind of figure out, um, all these stupid things that I was, was doing all these <laughs> issues that I had been doing for years and not even available uh, or knew about it. And, um, so I did my recital, And then, um, I, again, I had all this music again and I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to just throw it out. I got to do at least one gig. So I put together a gig at this really, uh, (laughs) interesting bar called Patty's, which no longer exists. Uh, it was, uh, they had jam sessions every Wednesday and Sunday. I think I really learned how to play at this place. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately it doesn't, like I said, no longer exists, but we did our first gig there and it was just insane. I mean, um, the big band was, sounded great, a whole bunch of people came out, and I just remembered being just one of the best experiences I've ever mm-hmm. had musically. Just the first gig, it was just like, okay, i got to do this again. I was really addicted to it. Yeah. So um, then we were really lucky to get a residency at Zinc Bar right after that, yeah, that's awesome. and we continued playing at Zinc Bar every month for four years. Um, and then we got a new residency once that ended at the Gen Mill yeah. Speakeasy Sessions, which is another thing I'm really excited about. Um, it's, it's really, really cool up and coming whole idea. Yeah. Um, and here we are five years later and I've got a big band record coming up. We'll talk about that later, but yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. so exciting. No,
0: that's a great segue. Uh, yeah. Tell us about this record, like how it came to be yeah. and, and what that process has been like.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm a very picky person, especially musically. And um, we would, you know, always try out new charts And I've had some of the most embarrassing experiences ever on gigs, trying on a chart that's just just tanks. I mean, like the musicians in the band are just like, "What is this?" You know. And I've had the exact opposite, where it's just like instantly you know, this is something that we have to keep playing. Um, So over the years, I've kind of like weeded it down to eight charts, which I'm really happy with. And I was like, "Well, we got to record something." Um, And I was really tired of people asking, well, can I check out your music online? And Mm -hmm. not having a good answer. So as of March 27th, we'll have uh, an album that you can listen to, you can stream, you can buy the record if you have a CD player or whatever. Um, And yeah.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Um, So we've been working together for a couple of months, and when we first started working together, like, I've just, I was so impressed with, even though you might not feel this way, your level of organization (laughs) um, with, like, everything from personnel to having recorded stuff, just even the financials. Um, You know, as an emerging artist, like, how have you been able to, not necessarily, like, literally finance it, but just, like, know how much this is even going to cost yeah. how you're going to like assemble it. You know, you're working with some of the top musicians in New York, like getting everyone scheduled together, mm-hmm. being in a studio, mixing, mastering the whole nine. Like, how did you even conceptualize this and then execute it?
1: Well, I have the MTA to, to thank for that. Actually, the MTA is the Metro transit. Association. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> They're basically are in charge of the subways in New York. Yeah. And the subway delays, I think have given me enough time for to organize everything. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> I'm amazing. I'm constantly waiting for a train, <laughs> so I just work on my phone. Yeah. Um, but it it's definitely been a learning experience, and uh, I've had lots of trial runs, like mm-hmm. the gigs, just booking people for gigs over the years. I've gotten really much better at organizing that whole thing. I have lists of great alto sax players in New York City, and I have all these people who've played the music before, yeah. and they're... Uh, down to play and and I have just tons of uh that kind of organized yeah. over the years it took me a long time to do that I remember the first gig I had literally had to beg people to play yeah yeah um and then here we are many years later and I have it's much easier for me to book a band now mm-hmm. um and financially it's a huge burden um when I was first decided I was going to do this I sat down with Nick Finzer um, and basically put together a budget for me, yeah. um, which I actually was slightly under what I originally thought it was going to be, which okay. was great. Um, but putting that whole together and I'd actually saved money for years starting in Denton actually. Yeah. Um, I saved for years. I was, I had, uh, some cover band gigs and I had a church gig and I just put that money aside mm-hmm. and cause Denton, you can live for next to nothing yeah. if you do it right. Um, and so I had saved, I mean, for Years and years and years and years. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and luckily I'm not in the red at all with this project, which was really cool. That's and, amazing. Um, yeah, it was planning, just thinking long-term. Yeah. I think was really helpful.
0: I'm really glad that you said that because yeah. a lot of emerging artists like feel that you, know, you either have to go into debt or you yeah. are limited by your mm-hmm. financial situation, You know what you could do creatively. Yeah. So I think it's really inspiring to hear that right. if you do save, you could do this gigantic project right. um, yeah. and do it right, mm-hmm. which is really important. Um, so tell us what the title is and, and why mm-hmm. uh, you chose that.
1: Uh, the title is Truth. And that is a nickname I was given in high school by a uh, great mentor of mine and many others in the Nashville scene um, who passed away several years ago, unfortunately, but, um, he, uh, helped many people kind of find their place, whether it was in music or not. I mean, he, uh, basically helped people kind of figure out what they wanted to contribute to the world and was very open and caring and like very giving to everyone and would go out of his way to make sure that, um, things were, you know, okay with you, he would always ask how you were doing, he would call you, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, that whole experience was something that um, was so important to me growing up, seeing, you know, someone that cared and believed in what you were doing, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is rare, you know, have someone that genuinely believes that what you're doing is is important, and you should keep doing it, and that um, kind of helped me to be where I am now, and making this album, um, and so I thought that it would be, uh, it would be very fitting to be to have that as the name of the album. So yeah. it's dedicated to him in the, uh, the credits.
0: That's so beautiful. I love that. Um, so what is your favorite part about being a band leader?
1: Um, there's lots of things. Um, being a band leader is very, very fulfilling. I feel like as musicians sometimes you have to play gigs that not necessarily the most complicated, which I still, I love playing. Yeah, yeah. So I, any, any performance opportunity, I just love, I'd rather be playing than at home. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, sometimes, uh, you just want to play music that you that you've written and, 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 uh, be around people that you enjoy making music with. Yeah. Um, and so it's always been really important to me to have something that I'm doing. And I had that since day one when yeah. I was at UNC. I had a quartet We played every Friday in Dallas and we made very little money. (laughs) And, um, but that Friday, I always looked forward to it and I grew so much as a musician, just having that opportunity to just play, try new things, you know, work with different musicians. And it was, I mean, the amount of money that I made was nothing, but the experience that I, that I had was incredible. So for me as a musician, I need that outlet, Mm -hmm. um, at being a band leader. Um, and, uh, that's currently this big band project.
0: Yeah. Oh, love that. Um, so a lot of us also know you as a vocalist. Yeah. And that's really exciting. Um, tell us like how you even got into singing and
1: yeah, uh, it was like third or fourth grade. We had an option to be in choir or go to recess. (laughs) (laughs) And for some reason I was like, Oh, I I like singing, I guess. So I, I started singing then and I started doing musical theater in middle school. And, um, Then in high school, I really got more into jazz because I was playing in the jazz band at school and I was doing all this music theater and I was like, well, you know, I would love to sing jazz. So I started studying with Ron Browning, who still uh, teaches in Nashville, amazing, incredible vocal coach. He works with like Wyona Judd and just the top people. Um, And he kind of helped me figure out um, what I wanted to sound like and uh, then... UNT sang in the jazz singers, which was great. And with my quartet and then so forth. And here we are. Yeah.
0: That's (laughs) so, so cool. Um, so are your parents musical? Like how did you become this Mm -hmm. musically?
1: My parents love music. They have thousands, thousands of CDs. Uh, it's unreal. Yeah. Thousands of records as well. They have, uh, probably like 2,000 records. Oh my goodness, like wow. Yeah, they have a whole wall of them. That's so cool. And so music was always around the house, yeah. I mean, since day one. I mean, the, the album that I would not go to sleep to unless I listened to was Red Light, Blue Light, which is Harry Connick Jr., yeah. big band. I mean, I was listening to that when I was two. Wow,
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Um,
1: my, neither of my parents are freshman musicians, but they. Uh, my mom played piano growing up, my dad still plays trumpet, and my mom also played saxophone. They actually met in band in college at uh, the University of Kentucky. Oh, wow And um, they cool. were always brought us the symphony, yeah. uh, gave, got us music lessons, and since day one, it's been very musical uh, environment.
0: Yeah that's so cool Mm -hmm. um so you recently got married I did yes tell us about that and (laughs) also you were recording an album at the same time like yeah that was crazy yeah okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it was a really big year for me and and us in 2019 I recorded my album and then in August we got married Jess and I and uh it's been you know I think one of those every once in a while you have a year where you just grow up like a lot
0: yeah and this was
1: (laughs) definitely a year where if I looked back at Two thousand and eighteen Seth. Yeah. I would be like, Whoa, you know, we got a lot to learn. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are in two thousand twenty. And I yeah. feel like it was it was a really incredible year, yeah, professionally and personally.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so what does Jess think about all this musical stuff that you do and surprisingly all the supporting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's easy to to be like, You did what for what? You know? Yeah. Um, but she is uh, my rock and it's really uh, amazing to have someone that believes in what you're doing, like I said earlier, but, um, uh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Love that. Um, okay. So just some, some advice for, for anybody that's thinking about recording a big band record or even just a record in general, especially like an emerging artist. Mm -hmm. Uh, what would you tell them?
1: Um, planning is important. Yeah. Uh, and really listening to people who've done things that you want to do. Um, I feel it's really hard to sometimes have the humility to be like, okay, there are people that are better than me at all of these things. And then how do I learn from them? And really accepting that, um, that and, and asking for help. And most people love to talk about what they've done. So it's, you know, very easy to get people to talk about what they've done. So uh, sitting down with someone who's done exactly what you want or foresee doing or something similar and picking their brain, buying them coffee or a beer or whatever, yeah. and um, learning from them is, I think, the best thing you can do. Because you can read all the books, which I mean, I guess that's kind of a similar thing. But when you're talking to someone
0: yeah.
1: in person, you really see, you know, exactly, you know, what what it's all about. Totally. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, I'm a huge believer that you can't improvise experience. Yes. And it's so mm-hmm. important to like learn from the mistakes of yep. others and to. I mean, I feel like in an era where we have Google. There's like no excuse not to know something. Yes. Um, So same thing with like people in your lives and people that are doing the things that you want to be doing that. I think that's so smart and I think why it's it's been so successful for you. Um, Okay. So here in closing, um, tell us about how you're going to roll out this record and um, you know what you're excited about.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm really excited about just to have something out that people can check out. Um, We are doing two singles. The first is going to be available on March 18th. Um, and then the second will be available March 10th. Okay. Um, The record officially is coming out on March 27th, and um, the release date, uh, the uh, release show will be announced very soon.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And, yeah, I just, it's been a really long time coming for this whole thing, and it's really nice for me just to have all the dots, all the I's dotted and everything, the T's crossed, and having everything ready to go and just, just waiting until March 10th. So, yeah. Or, sorry, March 27th.
0: Yeah, no worries. Uh, so we're in downtown Nashville here <laughs> yeah. recording and the train tracks are like a thing. Oh, so okay. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So last thing, I guess, a couple of fun rapid fire questions. Yeah. Um, tell me, what is your favorite food?
1: Favorite food, huevos Rancheros, actually, which I fell in love with in good old North Texas, which has some <laughs> of the best Tex-Mex in the world there. And Denton, uh, food is amazing. Yeah. And at, oh gosh, Fuzzy's Tacos. They have... Waybos Rancheros, which is yeah. the bomb.
0: I tried them. Nick made me. And it They're was good. Life changing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's your most favorite place you've traveled to? Uh,
1: the f- best place, or of, of the most recently cool places I've ever been, was Malta, which most people have never heard of, but they have this crazy history. The Knights of Malta, which was this elite fighting force that fought off the Ottoman Empire, and it was the wow. most successful defense of an island that's ever happened. That's cool. uh, but it's this beautiful island off the coast of Italy. Okay. And it's this hodgepodge of like 20 different cultures and they take uh, the euro and they everyone speaks English. That's so cool. <laughs> and a Game of Thrones was filmed there, actually. Important fact. Yes. Some, <laughs> some of Game of Thrones before, they actually ended up harming some of the archaeological sites, so oh. they kicked them off the island. Yeah. Okay. But the, the, the wedding of... Drogo, Drash Drogo. yeah, and. Khaleesi. Yeah, uh, yeah, that wedding with the big arch in the background yeah. is Malta. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's
0: so cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> um, well, thanks so much for chatting with us. Seth. Thank you for having me, Karen. Um, yeah. Where can people find you? Like, give us your Instagram, your website, yeah. all the things.
1: Uh, www.sethweavermusic.com, which is um, going to be updated very soon. But you can check out what I've got up there right now. Um, you can find me on everything Seth Weaver Music. Um, so on YouTube, just type in Seth Weaver Music, or on Instagram, Seth Weaver Music, Facebook, Seth Weaver Music. You can check out all that stuff and uh, post almost every day. I try to. Yeah. So <laughs> see uh, what I'm up to.
0: Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks a bunch, Seth.
1: Yeah, thank you, Karen.